Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Teeing Off podcast. I'm Arjun McCullough. This is episode 16 on today's show. I'll briefly go over Henrik Stenson's win at the Wyndham Championship, talk a little Rory and a not-so-little Tiger, and then get into the FedEx Cup playoffs, who's in the format, this week's event, and my picks. So, Henrik won... But that final round, that thing was pretty electric. Heading in, Stenson held a one-stroke lead, a lead he regained after dropping a birdie putt on the 13th to get to 19 under. Kevin Na was back and forth with Stenson for most of the day, but he sort of fizzled out near the end. All these Snyder Jans that stepped up and went toe-to-toe with Stenson, and things really got interesting around the 15th hole. Ollie birdied there to also get to 19 under with Stenson. Stenson... Playing behind, Ollie would birdie it as well to get to 20, and then made a curler on 16 to get a two-stroke lead at 21 under. And Henrik gets to 21 under par. Temporarily, at least, opening up a two-shot lead. But Ollie wasn't done. Well, Ollie has to hold this one. He's two back now. Very fast down the hill with about five foot of break from left to right. It does break right at the end. Oh, come on. Ollie Schneiderjans with a birdie at 17. Moves to 20 under. He nailed that to get to 20 under. And then on 18... He's got 158 here. Up the hill with a 9-iron. That would tie Henrik at 21, but just as that approach shot was coming to rest, Henrik was lining up his own long putt on 17. Well, he doesn't know, of course, but he may have heard that yell, though. It was pretty loud. After that dropped, it came down to an up and down on 18. Got it. Henrik Stenson, what a week. And Stenson wins the Wyndham Championship at 22 under. Ollie finished second at 21, and Webb Simpson finished third at 18 under. Kevin Na, as mentioned, struggled down the stretch, shooting three over on the final nine, and finished tied for fourth at 17 under. There was a secondary tournament going on behind first and second, though, as well. And that was just as interesting. The race to get into the top 125 and qualify for the first leg of the playoffs. Rory Sabatini was one of those that actually capitalized and got in. He shot a final round 64 to finish tied for fourth. And he jumped all the way from 148th up to 122nd and squeezed in. The group of Cameron Smith, Shane Lowry, and Martin Flores, they all tied for seventh. All three of them were right around the bubble. Smith got in 
Lowry just missed at 127th. And Flores looked to be headed outside the 125 number, but he aced the par 3 16th and then birdied the 18th to shoot 63 and get in. A hole in one at 16 for Martin Flores, and he moves to 123 in the FedEx Cup standings. And one more nice jump. Harold Barner finished 10th at 1400 and moved up from 138th to 123rd. One of the fun guys on tour. Everyone loves Harold. Before really moving on from the Wyndham, there was a really interesting press conference answer from Matt Every on Thursday. Matt, the round one leader, came to the podium to answer questions, and things probably went a little different than he had anticipated. Just a preface, since winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational in back-to-back years in 2014 and 2015, Every's career has gone... A little bit off the rails. I remember hearing him saying recently on the No Laying Up podcast that he didn't care at all about missing cuts. For him, it was all about winning. But look at these numbers. Last year, Matt made just five cuts to 10 missed cuts and two withdrawals and had just one top 25 finish. And then this year, Every made eight cuts but missed 20 and withdrew twice again his best finishes since the Bay Hill win coming in the last few weeks with 14th in the Canadian Open and a 13th at the Wyndham. You said you almost quit. I mean, is that just something you guys say? Or well, no, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't almost quit. I, I think a lot of people would have, would have. I mean, I think... I think a lot... I think a lot about... I, I have a high regard for my for my talent, like I know I'm as talented as anyone out here. Uh, maybe like five guys are a little more talented than me. But, um, I, so I couldn't let myself quit. There's a lot of low points though, man. Um, you know, just life, man. I mean, just everything is, everything that I've been through, I've brought on myself. So there's, I don't need any sympathy or anything, it's just, the way my path has gone so far in the last couple of years, you know, I might, I might, I might have a, a career here next year. I'm planning on it, you know. But you shot 61 and you look pretty grumpy walking to the scores table. It's, it's hot as hell. Does Bay Hill two years ago feel like a lifetime ago or really not that far away? It does. Um, it does. But I will, I will say this, my good stuff right now is so much better than my good stuff two years ago. Um, I have big, big golf shots now, uh, and it's fun. A couple things that stood out. First off, just how open, honest, and self-aware he is, or at least came across. That's a really good sign to see from someone that's clearly battled with some things. Further to that, pointing out that he's brought everything on himself, I really like that. And then saying he's planning on having a career year next year. I love hearing guys say that, that uh, self-reflection, self-confidence. And there are a few looks into a sense of humor. I know I'm as talented as anyone out here. Uh, maybe like five guys are a little more talented than me. But you shot 61 and you look pretty grumpy walking to the scores table. It's hot as hell. I love it when guys come out of their shell and give us an insight into who they really, really are. So this was great for me. Matt would end up finishing in 13th in the event, his best finish in two years. And although he came up short of the playoffs at 168th, he seems in a good place heading into next year. I have big, big golf shots now, uh, and it's fun. 
When I said last week I hoped not to hear Tiger's name for a little bit, this is not what I was expecting for the next time we would hear that name. First of all, I want to make it clear I don't condone the hacking or leaking of people's personal information, but it is out there. It's news. It's in the lexicon, so I'm at least going to discuss it. Lindsay Vaughn, Tiger's ex-girlfriend, she had her phone hacked in the latest fappening incident. And wouldn't you know it, there were some Tiger leaks in her cloud. Not gonna lie, I looked. I think that anyone heard this and has followed Tiger. Didn't look, well, they're just lying. But okay, main takeaway, this man's walking around with a Pringle can dangling between his legs. Just walking 18 holes with that thing must be tiring. No wonder he's got so many back issues. So good for him, good for Tiger. It sucks that they got leaked, and it appears both Tiger and Lindsay will attack this with the full fury of the law. Now, although the toothpaste is sort of out of the tube already, it will be interesting to see how things pan out. Also, Lindsay, damn girl. Tiger, as I said, good for you. I'll leave it at that. All right, the season is over. It's playoff time. Playoffs? Before getting into the details for the playoffs, though, a quick peek at the season's money list and FedEx Cup rankings. Both lists are pretty close to being in the same order, so I won't really spend too much time on the money list other than to say the top three, which are identical from the FedEx Cup list, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth. Hideki led the way $8,123,407 with his three wins. As for, let's say, 100th on the money list, just for a reference point, that's Michael Kim. He earned a cool $1,018,204. Not bad for 100th. At the end of the FedEx Cup season-long points race, the top five heading into the playoffs are Hideki Maziyama, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, and Ricky Fowler. The top 125 on that list made it into this week's first playoff event, the Northern Trust Open. Of those 125, 120 will tee it up this week. The five that are missing, Sergio Garcia, will skip the first playoff leg for the third straight year. I guess that's just something he likes to do. Adam Scott is out awaiting the birth of his child. Brent Snedeker is out nursing a rib injury. And the other two absentees, Scott Piercy and Dominic Bazzelli, will miss for undisclosed reasons. So, that leaves 120 of the top golfers this season has produced. Even Rory McIlroy, who had previously strongly hinted at taking some much-needed time off to rest his own injured rib, has now said he plans to play in all four playoff events before taking said break. So, we're really seeing the start of tournaments within tournaments leading up to the Tour Championship, which will be all about winning, realistically. After this week, we'll see the field of 125 trimmed to 100, ahead of next week's Dell Technologies Championship in Boston, which will take place Friday to Monday, as opposed to Thursday to Sunday, a tradition which is because of Labor Day. It's always been that way. So from there, the field will be trimmed again to 70 players, and the guys will get a week off to rest before returning at the BMW Championship in Illinois the week of September 14th to 17th. And then finally, the final 30 guys from that there will make it to Eastlake and Atlanta for the Tour Championship, where the first-place guy, after all of that, will win $10 million and a nice trophy. As for how guys will move up and down the standings, well, quite frankly, the point system is way too much for me to explain on a week-to-week basis, but basically, 
Each player in the field this week will carry all the points they earned through the FedEx Cup season-long race, through the first three playoff events. The first three events will award 2,000 points to the player finishing first, with remaining points distributed by position. And then for the Tour Championship, points will reset based on standings, and the system changes a little bit, but I'll really dive into that when the Tour Championship rolls around. Main thing to know for this week, in terms of the FedEx Cup stuff, 120 of the 125 players that qualify for the playoffs are in the field, and based on their finish, they'll be awarded points, and after those points are awarded, those inside the top 100 will move on to next week. Those who don't, well, their season's done. Okay, so let's get into this week a little bit more. The Northern Trust Open is being held in the state of New York this week at a newbie on the tour rotation, Glen Oaks Club. The 7,350-yard par 70 has had a bit of a weird route to the tour, opening in 1924, but really not amounting to much until a complete overhaul in 2011. The site is host to three nine-hole courses, and holes from each of the three will be used this week to make a composite course just for the tour. I mentioned a few minutes ago the depth and talent in the field this week. I want to take a look at who is sitting right on the bubble. Some notable guys between 125 on the points list to 90 include the likes of Bubba Watson. He's at 113. Steve Stricker is at 110. Uh, Jimmy Walker is at 101. And sitting right on the 90 number is Brandon Grace. Anyone in that range is going to have to play well to make it on to next week. It remains to be seen just how much volatility there will be on the point standings, but I'm sure of one thing, the broadcast will beat us over the head with who is in and who is out and up and down. Personally, I'd like the playoffs to playoffs. be more like other sports in that once you're in, you're in. There's really no, there's really just a pretty equal playing field for everyone. I'd love to have it just mandatory that players play all four events, especially with the break in the middle. And just have no-cut events. Have the top 100 from week 1 move on to week 2, then the top 70 from week 2 to 3, so on and so forth. Having it, uh, there's 125, and then 100 move on, but they take the points, and then they add it up and see who goes forward. That's all well and good, and I understand wanting to have incentive to the players that did well all season, but in my opinion, it would just be a lot more realistic to just have it sort of a sudden death. You don't make it past the 125 to the top 100, too bad, you're gone. I think that'd be a lot more interesting. I'd be watching both ends of the leaderboard really, really closely, but that's just my take. Also, as a Canadian, it is nice to see a couple of our guys in the playoffs this year. Four of them made it in, and barring a decent week, they should all make it through the top 100. Nick Taylor is really the only one at risk. He sits 84th. Graham Dillette sits 67th. Mackenzie Hughes sits 34th. And Adam Hadwin, despite a bit of a slump as of late, had a really, really solid year. And he leads the Canadian contingent in 13th. Overall, some of the best pairings this week. The guys you'll be seeing a lot of if you're following PGA Tour Live or just on the broadcast in general. The first two rounds will be the top three are grouped together. Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth. They will all play together. I feel like I've said those three names about 30 times already today. Anyways, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, and John Rahm, they're all they're paired together as well. That'll be interesting to watch. And last week's winner, Henrik Stenson, last week's third place finisher, Webb Simpson, those two are paired together. They'll be joined by Billy Horschel. There's a bunch of other good pairings. I'm not going to go through them all, but uh, suffice to say, it's going to be good to watch. So who do I like? I'll give you a couple of different options. The big five or so at the top, 
I'm going to lean towards liking Hideki the most. He, of course, first in the FedEx ranking coming in, but his last three starts, fifth, first, and 14th. All across the board, his stats are pretty unreal. Strokes gain total, sixth, strokes gain approach, first in the field, par four average, third in the field, birdie or better, first. Uh, rolling stats to the last 10 events, first. So of all the, the favorites, definitely he's the one I'm leaning towards. Can't really go wrong with any of them. Uh, some of the bigger name guys that maybe maybe they fit into the second tier that I like are Paul Casey and Matt Kuchar. Casey comes in ranked 18th in the FedEx Cup. His last three starts slash finishes 13th, 5th, 11th. He also has some strong stats. Par 4 average, and remember it's a par 70, so par 4s are extremely important this week. His par 4 average is 4th on tour, and he comes in 8th in the field in rolling stats over the last 10 events. Matt Kuchar comes in 5th in the FedEx Cup rankings. He has a 9th, a 17th, a 32nd, and a 2nd in his last Four starts going back to the British Open. Strokes gain total fifth in the field. Par four average 11th on tour. And in the field, he is seventh in rolling ranks in the last 10 events. And three sort of dark horse picks. And I mean, keep in mind, this field is stacked. So dark horse is a very relative term. Are Francesco Molinari, Webb Simpson, and Graham Dillette. First, Francesco Molinari. He has a second and a 24th, his last two starts. His stats across the board are re- looking really good, too. Strokes gain total, 11th in the field. Strokes gain approach, 7th in the field. Par 4 average, 6th on tour. Webb Simpson, last three starts, 3rd, 33rd, 37th. Of course, coming off that 3rd at the Wyndham over the weekend. Strokes gain approach, 14th in the field. Par 4 average, 6th on tour. And in rolling ranks, he is 11th in the field. And finally, a Canadian boy, Graham Dillette. I like him. He is 67th coming in. This week, so should be safe to make it at least on the next week, but a good finish wouldn't hurt getting him to the Tour Championship. His last two starts, 7th and a 48th. Uh, strokes gain total, 7th in the field. Stroke gain approach, 6th in the field. Uh, everything just pretty consistent, pretty solid. Graham sets up really nicely for this course. I mean, it's a bit of an unknown because, of course, the Tour's never played here, but... I like Graham this week, so a recap of that. Hideki Matsuyama, Paul Casey, Matt Kuchar, Francesco Molinari, Webb Simpson, and Graham Dillette are the guys that I like. All right, that is where I'm going to end things today. Playoffs are always a good time of year in any sport. Playoffs? So enjoy week one at the Northern Trust Open. Hopefully my picks will serve you well if you're into that sort of thing. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of Teeing Off Podcast.